Most of the NFL world right now is at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. So let's head to Indy right now. Welcome in Eric Eager, our pal, who is the VP of Sumer Sports. He's kind enough to jump on board with us once again on CBS Sports Radio. Eric, appreciate the time as always. How are you? Zach, I'm doing great. How about you? Well, I'm doing fantastic. So we've been having a big show today in regards to Caleb Williams. Uh, what is your view of Caleb Williams? We all hear him get called a generational talent. When you evaluate him, your evaluation of Caleb Williams is what? Yeah, I think that that description is is fair uh, to an extent. I mean, I think that there are warts, for example, when you look at, you know, the way that he handles pressure. Um, you know, the, the you know, there were some games in college football last year, for example, the one against Notre Dame where, uh, the, you know, it, it went off the rails a little bit. But uh, I, I do think that when you look at arm talent and, and the, you know, the the things that these teams are looking for as far as does he ever have every club in the bag as a quarterback, I think that he, he certainly has those. Uh, and so as far as going number one uh, to Chicago or ever trades up for that pick, uh, I think he certainly has the goods. Uh, he's not foolproof. He's not bust proof, but I do think he uh, is certainly in that cluster of, of players who uh, is in that like Trevor Lawrence kind of class. So you're there in Indianapolis. You hear a bunch of this chatter. I think it's a lock that the Bears are going to take Williams at one and trade Justin Fields. I know Peter King, the great Peter King, uh, who just announced his retirement in one of his uh, articles, his last article, I guess, on a Monday morning quarterback in Football Morning in America, said he believes from what he's hearing that the Bears are going to trade uh, the number one pick, and they're going to keep field. So do you think it's a lock right now that it's going to be Williams at one to Chicago? A lock? No. I think that Williams – so I think Williams is is very, very likely to go first. If you look at the markets, yeah. it's like minus 1,000 that he'll go first. Um, do I think Washington could trade up uh, to, to go get him? Possibly. Do I think that the Bears – uh, would be smart to move back to two and maybe consider Jaden Daniels or Drake May uh, and, and still move on from Fields? Absolutely. I think keeping Fields is probably the third best decision that they could make beyond uh, you know just staying at one and taking Williams, trading back to two and taking the second best guy on their board, uh, and, and then staying with Justin Fields. To me, you know, it, it doesn't matter. The Bears have you know, not necessarily given fields uh, the best as far as support is concerned, but that doesn't matter at this point. Like you have to make the best decision based upon what the future holds. And even if fields ends up being a $45 million quarterback, which is, is a, you know, that's a pretty, uh, I don't know, eager estimate for, for him. Um, that's what they're going to have to pay him because that's what Daniel Jones is, is making. So would you rather have a guy that's maybe a zero surplus quarterback over the next four or five years or a guy, even if, you know, Caleb Williams ends up being a $35 million quarterback, he's going to make 10. And so you're going to be making 25 million surplus that you can go and, and go get another player like a Montez sweat or go get another player like a DJ Moore. Imagine adding another player to your stable like that to, to go and make sure that that player can have, have success. So much of what, you know, we talk about with respect to Justin Fields and before him, Mitch Trubisky and before him, Jay Cutler has been about support and, and I can't imagine, imagine going and paying Justin Fields 40 45 million dollars just to make that support weaker and to make that argument again about the same quarterback so with what you just said it's fascinating you're now the second person back-to-back -back days that we've had throughout this scenario where 
the Bears pass on Williams at one, maybe trade back and still get some in return for the number one overall pick and still take a quarterback. Like, let's say I make Eric Eager the GM of the uh, Chicago Bears. Are you taking Williams at one? Or you may be trading back to two or three, rolling with May and Daniels, trading fields, and then still getting some stuff in return and getting a quarterback of the future. I mean, you know, before I got into this world, like the the seminal paper that I read was by uh, you know Nobel Prize winner Richard Thaler and and Cade Matthews, now a good friend of mine. That the the fact is, is they we're not all that sure, and this research suggests that between one and two, like we we think we know that Caleb Williams is is definitively better than Drake May or Jaden Daniels, but we don't know. And the fact is, is if there's a team like Washington that's going to give you pick forty, a future one, and maybe a veteran player for the right or for the for that certainty and you get to say okay i'm gonna maybe take drake may who on average is maybe 10 percent worse than caleb williams but i get in return a pick 40 a first round pick next year who again i could use that on a quarterback at drake may is a complete disaster uh again et cetera, et cetera. like that's the move that i make i i go to washington and i say look like cliff kingsbury uh caleb williams i'm gonna sh- i'm gonna dangle that in front of their faces and, and and try to do that uh and and at some point if you build up so much young talent around this quarterback with sweat and with more and with all of these young players that they build up from the panthers picks a season ago it might not even matter that much the difference between caleb williams and drake may uh because the talent around him is so is so vast Eric Eager here with us. So you rank May in front of Jaden Daniels? I'm assuming just based off that answer, or do you you put Daniels in front of May? It's close. Daniels, his production last year, that season that Daniels had at LSU is the best season of any of these quarterbacks in the whole draft, including Williams' 2022 Heisman season. Um, The problem with Daniels is there's a metric called pressure to sack ratios, basically how often you you take pressures and convert them to sacks. And his measure is going to be the highest of any first round quarterback that's ever been taken. And uh, the stat that's really funny is like Patrick Mahomes, his mark is going to be his mark coming out of Texas tech was less than half of that. And his mark from college to pro is less than one tenth of a percent different than it was Kansas city to Texas tech. It's a very stable metric. And generally speaking, when a young quarterback comes into the league, he's coming into a league without a great offensive line. He's coming into a league and the, and the game is really sped up. I need to have a quarterback who can avoid pressure and Drake may is not the best at it, but he's 6% better at it generally over the course of his career than Jaden Daniels was. So I'm going to break the tie with that statistic. I don't think that they're that far apart. I think that Daniels has a ton of ability, but he is going to have to break a statistical mold that not many quarterbacks have broken, including Justin Fields, who had many great accuracy statistics and a lot of other things going for him. But when he was at Ohio state was very, uh, mediocre at con- you know converting uh, you know pressures to sacks. Eric Eager here with us. He's at the combine. Zach Gelb show CBS Sports Radio does a great job. VP of Sumer Sports. So we know Williams, May, and Daniels will all be first round picks. How many more quarterbacks do you think end up going in the first thirty two picks? The other day I said it will be four. I think Michael Penix is better than JJ McCarthy but I don't think Penix will be a first rounder because of the injury history. And I think McCarthy will find a way to fall in the first round. Yeah, I think that's sharp. I think by the time you look at the betting markets, they'll probably make the market five and a half. Um, And historically betting the under on that has always won. Um, There's always that quarterback that sort of trails, even in the year 
when um, you know it was Lamar Jackson and Josh Rosen, the betting market was actually expecting Mason Rudolph to get into the back end of that first round, and it ended up Lamar Jackson barely getting in. So I think they'll put the market at about five and a half, and I think you know JJ McCarthy probably will get in, and then it'll probably be a Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and I think we'll both be surprised that that a team is not going to be willing to go up and, and grab the fifth year option on that player because it's not worth as much now that the new CBA of 2020 makes that fifth year option a lot more expensive. So I do agree that it's probably going to be out four and I would think it tops out at about five. I don't think it's as deep of a class as people believe. So we had a big conversation the last hour. Uh, one of the producers around here, uh, Ryan Hickey, who I know, uh, you know, who used to be my old producer. Uh, he suggested that the bills should trade Josh Allen to the bears and the Bears would give him the first overall pick in the draft and the ninth overall pick in the draft. He's getting dragged on Twitter for that suggestion. I understand why, and he should be dragged. But it elicited the conversation of how many quarterbacks are untouchable in a trade for the number one overall pick. I had six. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, Joe Burrow, C.J. Stroud, and I did still throw in there Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert. How many quarterbacks do you think would be untouchable in a deal for the number one overall pick to go have Caleb Williams be your next quarterback? Yeah, throw the contracts out just because Justin yeah. Herbert's contract is not tradable, for example. And I think that that's the number I would go in. But one more name I would add, it, it, and, and maybe I wouldn't, but there's one name that's interesting. Ha, ha, how close is Jordan Love to that conversation? He was one that we threw out there. And also Jalen Hurts, who outplayed Mahomes in a Super Bowl two years ago and then had a year uh, this year down the stretch. Love, I, I, the reason I ended up going still with Williams is because as good as Love was down the stretch, I just think Williams has a higher upside. But you go back to the Jordan Love draft process. No one said he was Patrick Mahomes, but they were like, he could be 40 or 50% like Patrick Mahomes. And you know this, Caleb Williams is uh, the closest prospect that we've had compared uh, to Patrick Mahomes. So I just think as a prospect, Williams is like, uh, you know, not the right term to use here on steroids compared to Jordan Love a little bit. Which just shows you the uncertainty of this whole process. Yeah. Jordan Love is a mid-20s pick. Patrick Mahomes, the 10th pick, picked eight picks after Mitch Trubisky. Like we're talking about, of course, the first overall pick as if, you know, he's some certain thing. And yet the guys who are all, we're all talking about in the pros. It's like Patrick Mahomes is 10th overall pick. Josh Allen's a seventh. Justin Herbert's a sixth. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson's a 32nd, et cetera, et cetera. It's so much, it's so funny. And, and again, if, if you're thinking about, you know, whether or not the bears should trade pick number one, I think that that, you know, is more evidence that maybe you should, maybe you should consider the best quarterback in a draft is not always the first one that's taken. And the craziest part, too, is I don't even think Caleb Williams is the best player in this draft. Like, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the safest thing in this draft. And if I had to put my money on one player being a Hall of Famer from this draft, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. for me, and it's not even close. Yeah, and I think I think Arizona, if it gets to that pick, and I, I do think New England does trade out of that pick and, and let, uh, you know, the first team that, you know, the, the team that wants a quarterback that's – 
a better built team uh, is going to trade up for that third pick. But if that if it gets to Arizona, I think Marvin Harrison to Arizona is the biggest lock of this draft from a from a betting perspective. But um, but yeah, I think you're right, and and uh, and he he does seem like the most polished wide receiver prospect we've seen since Jamar Chase. Talking Eric Eager for a few more moments on the Zach Gelb show. He's the VP of Sumer Sports. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brock Bowers? Had a great college career, but I'm not going to lie. I saw him in person without pads on at the Super Bowl, and I was like, hmm, that doesn't look like the guy that I usually see that's on uh, television. I was underwhelmed by Brock Bowers. Yeah, and and I think that that's the biggest part of the combine now, that not a lot of guys do the three cone and not a lot of guys bench and all that. Like, I just want a height and a weight on a guy now. Like, if he's 6'1 and three quarters, and we're, and I, I, you know, I know you're in the Northeast, like, if, he, if he's Garrett Mills size, like, are we really, are we talking about uh, a guy that's going to be picked in the top 10? And, 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 you know, with Kyle Pitts, the, the situation with him a few years ago where, you know, he was generational, but he hasn't really lived up to it. And, you know, the history of, of, of first round tight ends, let alone top 10 tight ends, being what it is, uh, I think if he slips past the Chargers uh, at five, like, I don't know who's going to trade up and actually take him. So it's going to be an interesting one. I, I could see as far as ranges in this draft, um, other than, you know, a guy like Pete Penix or another guy like Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy, like I think of the position players, he has the widest range. I think he could go from five all the way down to like 18 uh, in this draft, uh, you know, come, come April. So wide receivers, we know Roma Dunze is highly touted. We just uh, you just heard what I had to say about Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, neighbors is also a, a big prospect as well, but everyone keeps telling me how deep this wide receiver draft class is after those three guys, who are some of the other guys that you are really inclined to maybe use a, an earlier pick on in the NFL draft. Yeah. McConkey out of, out of Georgia is an interesting one. The Georgia receivers haven't always done. I mean, Pickens did okay. Uh, you know, he's had his ups and downs. Uh, McCole Hardman was not necessarily, I, I know he caught the game winning touchdown, the Super Bowl, but he wasn't uh, necessarily the, the, the greatest for Kansas City. But uh, McConkey has a lot of traits that I think are different uh, than, than some of the guys that have come out of Georgia in the past. Uh, I know my former colleague, Mike Renner, uh, you know, just came out with a, an interesting comp for him. And I, I think that, um, you know, it, it's going to be, uh, you know, interesting, uh, you know, near the back end of the draft there. But I, I, I've sort of, you know, enjoyed what I saw out of his tape and, and his analytics have looked pretty good. Uh, right now, it looks like he's being mocked kind of in that 30 to 35 range. So depending upon, you know, whether you are a team like Kansas City that wants to shore up a receiving core that kind of held them back uh, and made it difficult for them to win the Super Bowl, or you're a team like Carolina who that's going to be your first pick at 33 um, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. And, and uh, you know, for him, I know for McConkie, it's going to be, he's probably praying it's the former, not the latter. So I got two more for you, Russell Wilson and then Justin Fields. Where are they playing next year, in your opinion? Where would you like to see them play next year? Well, I think with Wilson, it's really interesting because does he swallow his pride and go to Minnesota on a one-year, like, minimum value deal, stick it to Denver? Uh, because, you know, like, any deal that he takes is going to offset with Denver. Um, and so if he goes somewhere on a minimum, you know, uh, deal, he's still going to get all of his money from Denver. And then 
he's going to benefit the team that he goes to on a, on a minimum value contract. So if he goes to Minnesota plays with Justin Jefferson, maybe he could look really good. Uh, you know, Kevin O'Connell's done a really good job with Kirk cousins over the past couple of years. And he, even a, a, a very, uh, I think a passable job with guys like Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins and so, so, so forth. So I think Minnesota as a bridge to maybe JJ McCarthy, or if the Vikings trade up, uh, and take Jaden Daniels. That could be a possibility there. I think for Fields, the the natural one is the Falcons, but I think the Falcons are are going to be heavy in on Kirk Cousins. So I think Pittsburgh's kind of the next one go there. Um, you know, with with the, the Najee Harris's and the Jalen Warrens, and kind of you know build that run game uh, with an offensive line that had a really good second half of the year. When you look at Harris's efficiency, uh, they really came on as an offense, not because Mason Rudolph was anything special, but because they were able to actually move the line of scrimmage down the stretch. That that's kind of the ingredient for for Justin Fields being a uh, you know a plus player uh, at the quarterback position. Last thing I'll ask Eric Eager, the VP of Sumer Sports. So I remember in the summer when we had you on and you were talking about the Texans, how they could be better than what people think. And the Texans were not only better than what people think, then a whole lot better than what people thought, making the playoffs and winning a playoff game. I know we haven't seen the draft unfold yet. I know we haven't seen free agency get underway yet. Is there a team maybe right now that you're already starting to have a little buzz about how you think their offseason's going to play out? I think you have to look at Arizona. I, and and I'm maybe going to be a little bit more long-term there, but you have 13 picks. You have a, a decent amount of draft capital. Um, I think that that could be the – Marvin Harrison, you get that him in the building. Already have Kyler Murray. Uh, there's some of the formula that Detroit had. We have a veteran quarterback who's a former number one overall pick. Uh, you have a coach who I think has a clue. Uh, you know, the way, that, the way in which they – they beat Philadelphia with the onside kick. There's very clearly some strategy in that building that you like. Uh, and, they, and they're going to be able to build it, I think, uh, from the ground up. Uh, and that division, when you look at Seattle, L.A., I think L.A. was uh, you know, punched above their weight class certainly last year. Seattle is going to be breaking in a new coach. And San Francisco, you know, every single year, San Francisco is either going to be in the NFC Championship game or better, or they're going to lose 10 games. That's that's empirical. So uh, I think that there, there's a there's a path for Arizona to eventually be pretty good in that NFC West. And whether it's the Detroit path where it's a couple of years before they're good, or it's the Houston path where they're good almost immediately after putting a bunch of draft picks in place, uh, it, it remains to be seen. But I like what Arizona's doing. Make sure you check out Sumer Sports. He's the VP, Eric Eager. Eric, always great to see you. Thanks so much for doing this. Zach, thanks for having me on. Take care. You got it. Eric Eager joining us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio, live from Indianapolis, the site of the 2024 NFL Combine that is underway.